Well, welcome to today's podcast. We have Adam Webb, Webber, Patrick. Uh, Webster, Websinky Finland. He's here today. And Adam, I want the audience to learn about your story. A lot of people know parts and pieces of it. We've been working together for, what is it, 13 years now? 13 years now. I, uh, I want to start and I want to hear what your, ex- your expectations were. I kind of had zero expectations for you. Thank you. Uh, with all due respect when we hired you. Thank you um, for the respect. As I recall, you, you wanted to make the least amount or the most, you wanted to do the least amount of work to get free rent and surf every day. Yeah, that's it. Talk to me a little bit about how you got in the industry and, and what changed because you were going, you wanted to do the bare minimum year one and you ended up doing 142 accounts your, your rookie year. So what kind of got you maybe obsessed or like where, where was the point where you're like, dude, I can freaking do this job. Yeah, those that know my story know that basically before moving up to Utah, I'm, I'm from San Diego, and I wasted a, a solid 10 years of life, just really accomplished absolutely nothing. So when I moved up to Provo, I had this like anxious like stress that I was just 10 years behind in life. And for me, sales was my opportunity to catch up because sales – didn't really care that I grew up poor, that my parents divorced, or that I technically didn't graduate high school, or that I was just so far behind. All sales really cared about was that I was just willing to work my guts out and attack my fears, do things that were outside of my comfort zone. And when I first started, yeah, I had really low expectations for myself because that kind of characterized my life up until that point. I didn't have any aspirations of great things that I could accomplish. And so when I first started, you remember, I kind of randomly met up with you and just wanted to sell enough to get free rent and fix a car that I talked someone into giving me and pay off some debt. And that was it. Yep. And, you know, thankfully, partway through the summer, I was able to expand my, my vision a little bit through good mentorship. Yeah, one of my favorite stories of you, your first year, I remember we were out in Detroit, super rainy, and uh, I forgot to ask you how many you sold that day, and like it was an hour, an hour drive home, and I'm like, oh yeah, Webb, by the way, how many, how was it today? You're like, oh, in the most nonchalant, casual way ever. Well, I sold five today, <laughs> and I was like, if rookies don't. If a rookie sells one or almost makes an appointment, a, the typical rookie tells you about their whole day and their whole week and whatever and talks your ear off. Not old Web MD, not Adam Webb not rookie me. year, a uh, little five spot, and uh, that that was crazy. Thank uh, you. There's one other favorite story. I don't know if we should talk about the podcast or not, that one customer that canceled. I I, th- I was going to say one of those five was that one. Okay. Should we talk about it? Then? I, we should probably talk about it. Okay. This is for a mature audience only. So for the next day, <laughs> one of your customers, um, we get a reason why these customers cancel. And the customer canceled because you went in there and relieved yourself. You went a number two ski. And it stunk so bad, so the customer canceled. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was mad at you because I asked you to save the account. Well, it, so yeah, so y- you know, any good manager, I did what any good manager would do. I'm like, you know what? Let's forfeit his commission and let's forfeit my override and let's just have a good laugh. So I remember calling the customer and said, "Hey, 
But good. But you know, you got paid on four, sold five that day. That that was awesome. Still good. Let's uh, let's fast forward a little bit. Year two, um, I've never met any anyone do what you did your second year. We go out to St. Louis. Our goals, I remember each each of our goals were two hundred, and you only sold three hundred and forty six. I remember Labor Day as a, as a sophomore, you sold eleven. So, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about that. That's not normal. Most people are are satisfied on a holiday, especially with two or three. They set a goal. I don't think your goal that day was eleven, but Talk to your average listener. That's uh, talk to us a little bit about what makes Adam Webb. What drives you? Because that's not normal. That's like you're a savant. People usually don't get eleven sales in a day. No one will ever even dream to do that. People don't keep pushing after three, four, or five. So talk to us a little bit about your mindset and your hunger and appetite. Yeah, I, I to those listening, I would just say it's so important to expand your vision of what you're capable of. You know, there's a parallel universe where truly I'm just maybe working at a McDonald's or something right now because those were kind of my expectations for myself when I started this. But the amazing thing about this job is there's a path and there's mentors that can take you as far as you want to go. If you want to be a millionaire by 35, you can do it in this job. And so really the reason I feel like I I took off the way I did was because for the first time in my life, I got a taste of what it was like to operate at a higher level and to see on a higher plane and to go accomplish amazing things and you know see myself pacing for 200 accounts, being like just realizing that that's something I can actually do, realizing that I was going to make six figures in a summer. like That was just crazy for me. And then obviously having mentors, people that can show you the way. I don't. I know I don't sell 340 that year. If if you're not selling 300, remember how we yeah. just constantly pushed each other. Yeah, but what that that's a good point. You, it's hard to accomplish amazing things, great achievements without a sidekick, without a partner, without you know. I I don't go to the gym unless I have someone there with me that's going to hold me accountable. And J- I, James I, Lawrence, right? Uh, yeah. No, it's someone Are else. You, you guys aren't friends. No, we're not friends. Oh, okay. I bet, yeah, I you but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying. Okay. One of my favorite stories that year, people that do 11 in a day, they don't make excuses. They have an insatiable appetite. My favorite story, I tell this all the time, even to this day, no one has an excuse. No one has a good enough excuse to stop working. You get out of a cell in St. Louis after your first cell, and your car's not there. And the technician actually, in fact, pulled up where your car was glass everywhere you have one cell finish the story what happened why did and then what did you do and then why did you do what you did well the first thing i did was went and talked to the old guy that was right across the street just sitting there on his porch yeah and said hey uh did you like see a car get stolen to which he said oh yeah like some guy came over and got a rock out of my driveway out of my lawn and smashed the car window and then stole it yeah i was like okay cool thanks for like calling the cops or doing anything other than just sitting there. But what happened was I went in and told my customer, like, hey, someone stole my car. I got to figure this out. And I'm talking to the tech and the neighbor. And I see her, my customer, on her phone. And I hear, yeah, this alarm guy got his car stolen. I'm like, hey, who are you talking to? She says, oh, I'm talking to my mom. I say, let me talk to her. Hey, this is Adam. Is this the alarm guy that got his car stolen? Yeah, that's me. It's crazy. I tell the story. Hey, uh, your daughter had, you know, XYZ alarm. Do you have an alarm system? Yeah, we got ours at the same time. 
Okay, cool. Well, here's what we did for her. Do you mind if I come over? Yeah, sure. I forget I don't have a car, so I just tell my customer, like, hey, can you, like, give me a ride to your mom's house? You know, I'll give you a kickback if she gets the system. So we go over there and sell her mom. Yeah. Towards the end of the sale, her mom's on the phone. I'm like, hey, who are you talking to? She's talking to her other daughter. You're never going to believe this. Susie got uh, this alarm, car stolen. Now I'm getting set up. Hey, let me talk to her. Anyway, I had that first customer drive me around to four other people. I got five sales that day, all referrals just by leveraging that experience. And then, you know, I just worried about the car later. I made more money than the car was worth. Lesson learned. When your car gets stolen, don't file a police. Yep, don't file a police report. Have your customer take you to all their friends and family and go sell four more. A little five spot. That's one of my favorite stories of all time. You think you're having a bad day, get your car stolen, then come talk to Adam Webb. Go sell four more still. So that brings us kind of to, so after that year, that was a transformational year. We always said six figures, two a day is 100K. We always talked about that. You're an author of a book called The Six Figure Summer. Tell us a little bit why you wrote that, how you did that, and how that's helped a lot of people, and, and maybe a little bit about that. Yeah, there was, after I sold 340, you remember, like, people were constantly asking us questions in our pitches, and there was one rep in particular that had sold over 100 that wanted to clear 200, and so he was kind of seeking my mentorship and asking questions, and I trained him as best I could, and he went out and sold 150, so he did better, but he didn't sell 200, so he came back, and we went at it again. He went out and sold 175 didn't sell 200 again so now i'm like kind of taking it personally i'm like okay i know he's working and applying it what is it really that allows top performers to do what they do clearly i'm i'm like incompetently competent i can do it but i don't know what it is that's allowing me to do it and i eventually had this revelation where i realized sales techniques will only take you so far uh, but eventually you'll master sales and plateau and from there, it's the principles that will take you to the next level. So it's it's not really about, you know, what do top performers say on the doors? It's who are they as people? And that's what the six-figure summer is. And so I wrote all of those down, which he then applied and broke 200. Yeah, it's, it's almost people that ask, I want to hear your pitch. They're missing the point. It's, yeah. it's don't do as I say or do it. It's, it's do as I do. Become be, who I am. Be as I am. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. I get hit up all the time. I was down in St. George recruiting some people and randomly next to me there was a pest control conversation and they it got who do you work for Vivent? Oh, I heard there's this six-figure summer book and it was just so funny small world. I'm like, "Yeah, that's old Addie Webb. Glad I've been able to work with him." And then I heard there's another book called Eat, Sleep, Recruit, Repeat and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's that's Adam Webb again." <laughs> um so let let's talk a little bit about that but but before we do that, maybe tie this in. 2015 tough year for you yep you don't have a ton of guys returning so none talk to us a little bit about that and kind of the transfer like what advice would you give for someone how many accounts did you do that year or that 2014 year? yeah t- or 2014 yeah 1400 and then but how many did you have coming back because you were kind of none it was just me in january 2015 january 2015 it's you yeah okay i lost everyone so it's too big to grow at vivant or it's too big to grow you know, it's a, oh, I just, if I would have started when you did, I'd be where I'm at. Like, what advice do you give to someone and how to, what was the transform, you know, transformation that you made? Well, really, you know, I spent basically seven years as a rep before I internalized the vision of managing and actually being the man and running a team. And that was in 2012, I think. And 
once I went and managed and decided to do that, I did great at it and doubled my income, and it was amazing. And then it was another you know, three, four years before I internalized the vision of regionally managing. And once I did, I did awesome and started growing like crazy, and it was amazing. And a lot of you know that decision to expand my vision got pushed on me by my family situation. You know, we have three kids and no no recruits, and you know my wife's like, "What what's the plan here? Are we going to be fifty years old knocking doors?" So I kind of had to figure it out. But I look back and I'm like, "Geez, I should have just started 2007 and been like, I'm going to be a VP in this industry," because you really just you grow into your self-perception you grow as fast as you have internalized the vision yeah if you can dream it you can achieve it right so when you started thinking bigger started thinking you could you interview a bunch of these vps yeah write that book and kind of have a mantra recruit or die what what does recruit or die mean basically there's a cap on selling and you can grow in your personal production for years and that's awesome you can increase your money but eventually you're going to hit a ceiling you can't sell 2,000 alarm accounts personally in a year. It's just not possible. And when you hit that cap, a lot of people have the perception, man, if I was making 150 grand a year, I could just do that forever and be happy. And it's not true. When you hit that cap, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. Life will become stagnant. The job will be stagnant. You won't enjoy it anymore. And you'll start seeking to make more money by doing the same work. First, by squeezing your upline and then by looking for opportunities outside of the event, which you'll start to self-deceive yourself and think opportunities that are far inferior look better because they're promising to pay you more money for the same work, and you wind up just killing your career. So that's what the death cap is. You have to recruit because that's the only way to grow indefinitely. I'm I'm 13 years in now, and I'm having more fun with the job than I've ever had. I enjoy it more than I ever have and the reason it's not about the money I'm making more money than ever but that's not that's not it it's because I'm growing person I'm having new challenges and new experiences and making new mistakes and learning and progressing and so to anyone listening I would say don't wait until you're at that ceiling being forced to go recruit and grow because that was kind of a scary thing for me if I didn't start growing really rapidly I wouldn't be in this job in this industry I would have had to have gone and found something else for my my family's sake so just I would plead with everyone listening just start recruiting and growing now before you hit the death cap that's that's great uh, advice from Adam Webb the crazy thing about Adam is his best day ever sold 12 best month 106 best year 346 3,000 personal accounts so this isn't some dodo that we have here I heard a quote we often underestimate or we overestimate what we can do in one year and we underestimate what we can do in five years. If I'm taking what you're saying, let's start with the end in mind and think as big as possible because we're not in trouble if we don't achieve our goals. You know, you you shoot for the moon, you fall short, you're still up in the stars. We got time for one last question, Weber. It's 2019. I need some advice. I'm here at Vivint. Why is Vivint the place to be at 2019? What are you excited about? Like, pump me up here, or what is it that keeps you going? Because this is year 14 for me, and it might be some listener that's year three or year two. They might be, like, on the fence, come out or not. What's your plea to them? Uh, again, it's the it's the opportunity and the mentors. 
So a, a, a new recruit that comes into Vivint right now you might have as many as four people, the recruiter, the manager, regional, you, four studs financially invested in seeing them succeed. And not only financially invested, but just people that get energy from helping other people like you and, and our other leaders. So I just, it's really funny. There's a, an industry called business coaching and people pay up to $10,000 a month to have somebody to be accountable to, to show them the way, to expand their vision, to mentor them. And you, you get that for free. And you not only get the amazing mentorship, but the opportunity is right here. Everybody listening to this can be making $500 plus $1,000 in three years. Beautiful. I love it. That's our podcast for today. Addy Webb, Papa Bowie. Thanks, Pat. Thank you.